So, I'm going to speak about Jesus today at church. So, uh, welcome to everyone. Anyone new? There's one new person there. Um, after the service, you can just get a CD, um, like a, a sermon CD, uh, um, in the back here. Shaul is our tech guy for the moment. So, thank you so much for, for doing that. Thank you guys for, for being here. This is going to be powerful and fun. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> so um, the word that I, that I have in my heart really today is just a, that God is love. And uh, yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> um, it's something that we might have heard like millions of times. But sometimes, sometimes we have like church lingo, like I'm a son of God, you know. But we don't really realize what it, mean, what it means. Um, to actually be that and for God to be love. So I want to I wanna really trust God to give you a personal encounter, everyone here, uh, an experience with His love. Um, something that, that I felt in my heart to share about was that when Herod or God sends someone and they submit themselves to the Holy Spirit to speak through Him, uh, through speak through them, um, what happens is it becomes a prophetic sermon. So you're, many times we're waiting for the prophetic word afterwards, but if you learn how to listen, not just for what the speaker is saying, but listen for what the Holy Spirit is saying, um, then the whole message, God can speak to you through the whole message. So I, I can be speaking about finances and God is speaking to you about Akini, <laughs> um, your holiday at the ocean or something. <laughs> so, um, so literally, God can God can speak about anything. I can speak about finances, and He can speak to you about your children. So, um, so we we really when we open up for the Holy Spirit, He can He can speak individually to people. But more than that, I want today to really be an encounter with love for you. So, if at some point you're not even able to listen to what I'm saying anymore because you're being encountered with the love of God. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy it. It's Him that we want to meet today. Okay. So, um, the first section that I want to speak about is literally, I, I titled it, Knowing the Person of Love. Okay. So, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. I preek. So, um, people preach it at weddings. But um, let's just read it. It says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Uh, love, is, love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride, it is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. 
Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything. Okay, so that's quite powerful. So sometimes, uh, so we've read this, and we know that in the context, it's speaking about what love will look like through us, so towards other people. But um, we need to really start to connect the Holy Spirit to love. So the Holy Spirit is powerful, right? The Holy Spirit, he moves in power when he's there. He brings peace. He, um, he touches, touches us, brings healing. Uh, he comes, when he comes upon us, we receive power. And that is true. But now... If we go to 1 John 4, verse 16, it says, And we know and believe the love God cherishes for us. God is love, and he who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God, and God dwells and continues in him. Okay. So... The revelation here is we need to know and believe that God is love, okay? So um, the experience of love comes from faith. So whether we feel the love of God or not, um, we need to approach him on the faith of who he is. Having a revelation of who he is and what he did for us on the cross will actually lead to us having the experience of love. And then the experience of love can reveal to you what Jesus did at the cross again. But if you're not feeling it, it's still true. And we'll get there. We'll get there to why God says that he proved his love for us. But now it's the, it says here that God is love. But the Holy Spirit is God. He's not less God than the Father and then Jesus. He is the Spirit of the Father. He is the one who came upon Mary and Jesus was born. So he was actually the physical father of Jesus. Well, the spiritual <laughs> father of Jesus. And also, the, um, he is the Spirit of Jesus. Um, so Jesus went into the physical unseen, into the unseen, into the cloud with his physical body, but that is in the spirit. So, um, so we cannot separate the Holy Spirit from who God is. So when we think, yeah, so, so when we think about who the Holy Spirit is, it's important that we make the connection that he is love. Okay. Now let's look at Galatians 5 verse 22. If you're there, say amen. Awesome. It's good you're there. You're there. <laughs> okay. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temperance, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. 
Okay, gentleness, meekness, and humility. Okay. So, these are the fruit of the Spirit. Now, it's interesting that sometimes we try to bear these fruit on our own, (laughs) uh, but they are the Spirit's fruit. So, He's the one who's going to bear fruit through us. Okay. So, as we yield to His Spirit, as we fellowship with His Spirit, He will bear fruit through us. But now what's interesting is I want to address the idea about that we have about God. Sometimes, if I look at someone like Yanni, he's a very kind person, he's loving, loves Jesus, and, and he cares for his family. And we call someone like that a godly person. We look at the attributes of love, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 verse 4. Um, love is patient, love is kind. And we look at somebody who might has, have had fellowship with God, and because of that, they're experiencing that manifestation of love. And we say, this person is a godly person. This is a loving person. But for some reason, when many people come to God, all of us, to some extent, we expect something different. It's like we expect the opposite sometimes. Um, we expect condemnation, frustration. And the word says, this is, this, is the, this is the amazing thing, the word says love is patient. So what we can expect when we come to God is patience. So he's not going to be frustrated with us. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is actually like the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Right? That's what you can expect when you come to him. So you're going to find, wait, I have it here. What was it, 20? He's joyful, he's joy, love, peace. So any other thought that is not peace isn't him. But he's also not frustrated with you because of the thought, because he's patient. It's amazing, eh? He's kind, he's good, he's faithful. Faithfulness, so he's never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. Doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how you feel, doesn't matter what other people have done. He loves you just as you are. Okay. Gentleness. Humility. This is, this is an awesome revelation that God shared with me a little while ago about his humility. Who has ever, like, flown in an airplane? Okay. So um, have you ever looked out and then you realized how small you are? <laughs> like, you're just like, Wow. It's a dot down there. I'm a dot down there. But I'm living this whole life. And the amazing thing is, is God is actually present with us in this room right now. And he's actually, as we're speaking, he's dealing with stuff in our hearts. And and he's ministering to us. And he even knows how many hairs is is on your head. And um, that already takes some humility, right? So, So just... If Jesus just came and he just came as a human and didn't suffer and die, it would have already been massive humility because he is the word of God through which everything is held together. And that word became flesh, John 1. Okay, so that's powerful. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) So, So he is... 
extremely humble. But then, then he actually experienced the cross. And I'm going to share about the cross in a little while, just what Jesus went through for us. But he, he comes and he, he suffers and he dies. And he doesn't, like every self-condemning thought that you've ever had, every tormenting thought, every sickness, every pain, every fear, he became that on the cross. But not just yours. Yours is quite overwhelming sometimes in your experience. But imagine God's. Like Jesus saying, I'm not just going to take Yanis, I'm going to take Nikus. I'm going to take everyone here. And everyone in this whole world, he carried that. So that, was, that is why he sweat blood in the garden. And he prays, let this cup, cup pass by me. Uh, and it's even greater than, I, than I'm saying now. He literally, um, he became a curse for us. He literally took the whole curse of the law, completely separated from God in that moment, um, completely suffering. And the, the crazy thing is he was completely innocent. And he could, yeah, he could at any moment have stopped. Say, say okay, I'm getting off of this cross. So even the, um, the people mocking him saying, get yourself off of the cross if you are this son of God or whatever. Um, that was temptation for Jesus. He was tempted in every way. It's extreme. It's extreme what he went through, um, but that is humility, and that is why I say that regardless of what my situation looks like right now, whether I've re- already received my breakthrough or not, whether I'm still trusting for a miracle, it that is not the measure if God loves you. That is not the um, the determining factor. The determining factor is that you have eternal life <laughs> and you deserve the opposite. And so if that is our um, starting place, is that eternal life is knowing Jesus. So we have access to his presence. Um, if his presence becomes more valuable to us than anything else, but everything else is in his presence, like everything we're trusting for, seek first the kingdom of God, all of these things will be added. But if he is above that, that is how we break out of that cycle of offense towards God because of circumstances, is having a revelation of what he has done for us and him personally revealing that it's not him that hurt us. He never hurt us. Okay? So, um, but for us, it's one thing for someone to say it and for us to know it intellectually or to have heard it. I want to go to Psalms 34. Psalms 34, verse 8. It says, O taste and see that the Lord our God is good. Blessed is the man who trusts and takes refuge in him. Okay. So the invitation here is to taste and see. So to personally experience the love of God. Personally experience his forgiveness. To personally experience an encounter with the Holy Spirit, to personally 
feel the touch of God or to have him personally reveal to you a truth. So, um, so the whole Christian life is about us being awakened to who Jesus is, having a revelation of who he is and how he feels about us, how he sees us, our identity in him. Okay, so our invitation today is taste and see that the Lord is good. So 1 John 4, verse 7 to 8. Hmm. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And he who loves is begotten of God and is coming to know and understand God, to perceive and recognize and get a better and clearer knowledge of Him. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God, for God is love. Okay, so all of us love to some extent, if we're born again, especially. I don't feel condemned because of the second scripture. It's just saying that if you are not experiencing love towards other people to the full extent, it means that there is more of God to know. The only way that you can love is by being loved. You need to receive love. It's, it's like what love, the word for God's kind of love is agape love, right? And that kind of love is what the Lord demanded from us. No one could do it. So we can never meet the 1 Corinthians 13 standard of love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle, all of that on our own. Never. <laughs> We can maybe, like, but Marnus uses the example, the spinning plates. And you have, like, um, like in the circus, they have, like, these plates they have on a pole that's spinning. And they spin the one, you spin the second one. By the time you get to the third one, the first one is, is like, wobbling, and you have to run back. And, and um, that's what religion does. It tries to make you do everything on your own. But we have access to perfect love. Okay, and love... It says here, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. So the, the sort of, like if you come to God, there's so many different expressions of who He is, but it's all different expressions of love. The joy is an expression of love. The peace is an expression of love. Um, I one time I, I listened to a sermon, and um, the guy explained it like this. He said that the love is like the fruit. See an orange right here. Okay. Um, and you see this orange, and this whole orange is love. But inside of the orange, you have the different slices, if you cut it open, the meat of the orange. That will be joy, peace, patience, and the seeds inside. So everything, um, if we speak about the fruit of the Spirit, if we speak about the attributes of love, it is contained in the nature of the fact that God is love. Okay. Volgele nog. Cool. Okay. So, how did God prove his love for me? Let's go to Romans 5 verse 8. Okay. It says, in verse 7, it says, Now it is an extraordinary thing, for one to give his life even for an upright man, though perhaps for a noble and lovable and generous benefactor, someone might even dare to die. 
But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. Okay. God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, we didn't, like, we were enemies. Somewhere else it says we were in our minds, we were enemies of God. And he died for us. Okay. So he made the first move. He proposed. It's romance. It's true romance. And he gives us the opportunity to, um, to respond. Love honors free will. It's, it's just how it is. It's how he is. Okay. So he clearly proves his love for us. So again... If you're wondering if God loves you, it doesn't matter what. This is what you can come back to. And from this place, you will have different experiences of God's love. He shows his love to us in different ways. Like he brings healing. Sometimes you just have a desire for something. And then someone calls you and like, hey, I, I want to bless you with this. Or I want to do this. Or do you want to go on holiday there? Or whatever, whatever it is. You, we all have like these little testimonies in the small things. That is how he shows his love. But if you're wondering or if you're trying to remember those things, just come back to this. And uh, I'll, I'll try to paint a clearer picture. 1 John 4 verse 9 says, hmm. In this, the love of God was made manifest, displayed where we are concerned, in that God sent his Son, the only begotten or unique Son, into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God loved us so very much, we also ought to love one another. No man has at any time yet seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is brought to completion, to its full maturity and runs its course and is perfected in us. Okay. So when this is what preaching is, ministry is, is us having fellowship with love and then inviting other people into that fellowship. So um, the love that I experience from God automatically opens me up to love others. But also the love that we have manifested corporately here actually opens it up for us to encounter the nature of God. So it's both ways is if there is a, a sense of love between the two of us, then automatically someone from the outside can look and see, well, this is what God is like. But also me extending love to her actually is going to also give God a room to reveal his nature to her. So it's both. It's me personally having a relationship that, that brings this manifestation of love, but it's also the other way around. Okay. So, 
um, and is very clear in the scriptures. Okay, so, but then let's just get back. So he says, God, um, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Okay, so again, he was moved with love. He sent Jesus so not to bring accusation, but to bring salvation. So again, that was God proving his love for us. The proof of his love was him sending his son. So if we go to Isaiah 53. Okay. There you go. Okay. So Isaiah 50, end of 52, 53 is like a clear picture of what Jesus did on the cross. It's, it's a prophecy. Imagine this. I don't know how long before the cross this was, but Jesus perfectly fulfilled <laughs> a prophecy from like five? 500 years. Okay. That's no halakhuya. Good fulfillment of prophecy. Okay. So, um, it says in Isaiah 53, verse 5, but he was wounded, no, verse 4, it says, surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pain of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has made to light upon him the guilt and iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, yet when he was afflicted, he was submissive and opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Okay, so in that second part, we see that humility again. Um, he did not say anything. He voluntarily laid down his life. And he had the decision he still could choose, but he submitted to the will of his father. He actually prayed, let this cup pass, if it's possible. But he had to take it. That was the way. Okay. So, um, but I, I want us to get this picture of, of what Jesus really went through for us. This, this message is, the, is where power is released. When we preach this... Um, let me just read this before I really go into this. Acts 10, verse 43 to 44. Okay. It says, and Peter is preaching to the Gentiles. Um, I think it's Cornelius' house. Yeah. And he says, To him all the prophets testify, bearing witness that everyone who believes in him who adheres, trusts in, and relies on him, giving himself up to him, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message. Okay. So Peter is preaching the gospel. He's preaching the forgiveness of sins. 
And that message was accompanied with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so, at some point, Paul even says, like, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And the gospel is what Jesus came to do for us on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, and the life that he lived in demonstrating the Father's will to heal and demonstrating the Father. Okay, so Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. Okay, at some point it says, by his stripes we are healed. So, so that stripes was... His back was physically torn open because of the whipping. So um, remember, he he experienced he experienced that uh, he literally became our sickness on the cross. It, it says in Isaiah fifty-two, is it fifty-two? His whole appearance were, were marred more than any man's. His forms beyond form beyond those of the son of man. Um, so he literally, um, spiritually also received every sickness, everything that would be on the world ever came upon him. And so by that striping, by that sort of cutting open of his back, we were healed. So um, when we ask for healing, it's never a question of, does God want to heal me? Amen. Never. Amen. He proved it here. He already paid the price. So it is an injustice to the cross of Jesus if the Father were to say, I'm going to put healing upon, uh, sickness upon this person. Because you will have to step over what Jesus has done on the cross, ignore it and say, I'm going to do this. The same for sin. It's not going to hold our sins against us. The reason is... Um, Harrod spoke about it. He called it the double jeopardy rule. I don't know. I don't know the details so well. But if, um, so like, if a court has made a judgment and proclaimed someone not guilty, they cannot revisit the charges. Am I correct? Something like that. Okay. So, um, same thing. Is Jesus literally in your place? Was declared guilty. Okay. Every wrong thing that you've ever done, anything that's in your conscience, has no right to be there because you have been bought with the blood. Okay? That's why when we preach about the blood of Jesus, it's so powerful. It's, it's faith in this that brings that truth to manifestation. So it removes any self-condemnation from your conscience when, when love comes in there. When love the cross, love comes in there. The Holy Spirit will reveal to us who Jesus is and what he did for us. He's not going to remind you of your sins. If he corrects you, you're going to feel loved and you're going you're gonna to be drawn closer to you. The correction is so that you can experience the calling that he's received you, given to you. He's calling you to holiness. But even that correction is in love. Any, like, God doesn't work together with guilt and shame. He doesn't manipulate you with guilt and shame. He doesn't do that. It's not God. You think it's God sometimes, you know, like, but it's not God. He's, uh, what the Holy Spirit so wants to reveal to you is the blood of Jesus. 
It's like when we speak about submitting and surrendering to God, I think this is the, one of the greatest areas where we need to submit and surrender, to put our opinions aside and to believe that we're forgiven. Okay. So, and this is the reason why. This is like the substance. If we speak about the forgiveness of God, the substance behind the forgiveness is the blood of Jesus. So God is not still deciding, should I forgive him, should I not forgive him, if you've been born again. Okay. What, what's happening is, I can ask God for forgiveness for something that I've done in relationship. But then what he does is he takes that forgiveness that he's given on the cross and he says, I forgive you and he cleanses your conscience. But it's just a relationship thing. It, it's just like a word. It's a word that he speaks. So, I mean, I can forgive Yanni for something, okay? And I can sort of do it out of a decision. But when we speak about the forgiveness of God, it's like there is currency behind it. There's substance behind it. I don't know how things work in the world now, but how I understood it is that a, a country's currency needs to have some kind of substance behind it, like gold or you know, some kind of physical substance behind it. So the, forgiveness, the, the substance behind the forgiveness of Jesus is the blood of Jesus. It's what makes it valid. <laughs> um, it's what gives it power. And so it says here, we all, and all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has made to light upon him the guilt and iniquity of us all. Okay, so all of the guilt um, in the Old Testament that bring sacrifices. So we just had a camp. Someone explained it like this. So it's fun. So they had a little boy here as a sheep, meh, <laughs> and a, a, a girl that side. And they just explained it like this: that that if the person on this side, which was us without God, we sort of had like a debt that we couldn't pay. Okay. And what happened in the Old Testament is they brought an atoning sacrifice, which would be a lamb or the sacrifice that was necessary. And there would be sort of a transference. All of the sin of that person, well, not all of it. I don't know exactly how it worked in the Old Testament. But God wasn't, like, the sacrifices of bulls and goats couldn't fully cleanse the conscience. But for whatever was happening under the law, their sin came upon that sheep. It was placed upon the sheep. It was imputed to the sheep. And the righteousness, to a certain extent, was imputed to them. That, what, that is when we speak about Jesus being the atoning, atonement. It's like he is the price that was paid so that we can be placed in Christ. Uh, so, so that we can be clean. So we can be righteous. So he became sin. He became the curse of the law. On the cross, he was made a curse for us so that we can live free from the curse of, of the law as a means of righteousness. Now we have received this spirit inside of us. Um, the, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God says, I will write my, my words upon their hearts and minds, my law. What is that law? It's love. It's cool. Yeah, love and faith. But love, like... Faith, hope, love abides. <laughs> and they all work through love. If you have love, faith's going to manifest. If you have hope, it's going to bring faith. It's going to be love. They're flowing to each other. But 
So that's powerful. So love is the bond of perfection. Okay. So, but um, Jesus had a crown of thorns on his head. Okay. So he was he was mocked. He was he was he was true king. They mocked him. <laughs> so if you've ever felt embarrassed, this is the answer. You take you took that. <laughs> so did you never need to feel? what happens when this becomes real to us is all of the emotional stuff we experience connected to these situations, they're just gone. It's like, Harad always says, it's like a long-lost story of someone else's life. Okay. So whatever you feel is it's a burden, today we're going to give it to Jesus. He's going to take it. Okay. Um, so, But he took this crown of thorns and um, hasty. I was listening to the breakthrough meetings from the start of the year. God's word is still true. If God said breakthrough in the start of the year, the thing that breaks us through is the word. It's a higher word than our reality. The, the one thing we need is something that's bigger than what I'm experiencing right now. And that's the word. And so I'm listening to these breakthrough meetings and I can encourage you to, to check it out again. And I'm listening to Hesti, and she's sharing how she had this vision of um, Jesus' face with the crown of thorns. And she's speaking about the renewal of the mind. And, I mean, I think it's quite painful <laughs> to have thorns go into your head. And it's, to me, it speaks about any anguish that we experience in our mind, Jesus took it. And that's why... This, what I'm sharing right now is so powerful, is if we have a revelation of the cross, what it does, it, it, it brings a release in our souls that says that um, this thing was paid for. How do I say it like this? It's like you got, this is the receipt. Like if, you went, if you went shopping and you want to prove that this is paid for, it's the cross. <laughs> Here it is, Isaiah 53 or John 19 or whatever other. John 19 is where Jesus was crucified. Um, it's, it's what, it's, this, this is where our faith is at. It's in what Jesus did for us. Okay, so he was wounded for our transgressions. He was punished so that we can have peace. So you know that um, thought of punishment like if you were young and you threw a ball, ball through the window and your parents aren't home yet. That feeling. That is... That is... That Jesus was punished. He took the punishment so we can just experience peace. Romans 5. Therefore, with having been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, that's the next verse I want to go to is 1 John 4, verse 19. Okay. verse 18 it says there is no fear in love but full grown complete perfect love turns fear 
out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. Where did we hear that? Okay. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love. He's not yet grown into love's complete perfection. We love him, says in italics, because he first loved us. Okay. So it says here there is no fear in love. And we've established that God is love. Then there's no fear in God. And why is there no fear in love? Fear and love is mutually exclusive, right? That means God who is love and fear is mutually exclusive. It says fear has the thought of punishment. Okay. That means love does not have the thought of punishment. Except, obviously, for the punishment that Jesus took. But for us, there is no thought of punishment and condemnation coming from God. That has never been God. Maybe if you're not born again yet, He can convict you of your sins and you need a Savior. But especially as a believer. I, don't, I think even in that, it's love drawing people. I don't know. I don't know exactly how God does that. <laughs> I think someone just realized, like, I really need a Savior and, and I'm lost. I need, I need salvation. People are aware. But what the Holy Spirit is ministering to us, He's convicting us of righteousness. Okay. So, and as believers, we can correct our unbelief. With love. <laughs> Who are we believing in? We're believing in love. Okay? So he says, there is no fear in love. Okay, so, love casts fears out of doors. That means when love is manifested, we, condemnation leaves. God doesn't have a con condemning thought towards you as a believer. It's amazing. Okay, so... And then it says, we love him because he first loved us. Let's go to Ephesians 1, verse 6 to 7. I'm going to read the King James because it says it nicely. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Okay, so um, first of all, to the praise and glory of his grace. Having a revelation, Paul prayed, Lord, create in me a pure heart, restore to me, not Paul, David. They say Paul or David. Anyway, <laughs> David prayed, create in me a pure heart. Okay. And then he says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. I think there's, he says that together. So when we really have a revelation, like if we can really remember, like I literally have eternal life. Okay? Eternal life, John 17, verse 3. Eternal life is knowing him, is knowing the Father, likewise knowing Jesus, knowing God. But... In that sense, eternal life, but also eternal life like I'm never going to be judged, never going to be condemned, 
doesn't matter what my circumstances look right now. We want to see heaven come to earth, manifested. That is what we're going for. But we've already won. And, and that's what I pray for us today is the joy of salvation. We've won because of the blood of Jesus. And somehow, the word of God found entrance into our heart. At some point, God sent the preacher, God sent someone. Again, with the offering message, he used someone and we were saved and touched. And we are accepted in the beloved. Again, there's no rejection. Any thought of you're not rejected, you're accepted. You're accepted by God. You know, people, I think they used to say, don't worry what people say, God accepts you. But it's like, yeah, but I want people to like me, you know. But do you realize, like, the bigger picture? <laughs> it's again, like, what people's opinions, they do, you know, it's, it's, we want people to, we want people to be nice to us. But God is so much greater, and he, he accepts us. He says you're not rejected. That's powerful. Okay. Next verse. Oh, okay, back to... Actually, it says here in verse 7, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So what that means is if I have a coupon, um, I can go and redeem from a shop the thing that I want to have. Okay, so you buy it. Okay, so now, if you speak about redemption... <sighs> um, if we go to Hebrews 10. Okay. It says. No, Hebrews 9 first. It says in 9 verse 21. Okay. Um, so this is referring to when Moses was sort of given the Ten Commandments or giving it to the people, and they were sort of sealing the covenant, okay? It says there in verse 21, it says, And in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and all the sacred vessels and appliances used in divine worship. In fact, under the law, almost everything is purified by means of blood. And without the shedding of blood... There is neither release from sin and its guilt, nor the remission of the due and merited punishment for sins. Okay? So under the law, if there is not blood, not righteous. Again, the thing can go the law route or the grace route. Even though as Gentiles, we were never officially like under the law part of the covenant, but the law, I believe, did exclude Gentiles from the promises of God anyway. And also... There was the fall of man with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the blood bought us from that. Where it says, Colossians, he has transferred us from the dominion of darkness, placed us into the kingdom of the son he loves. So it's a physical place, a realm. You are in the dominion of, it's what you were born into. You belong to darkness. And let's say this is the didonker call. <laughs> okay. And when you got born again, someone preached the gospel, you received it, you were placed into light. So if your mind still thinks you're there, sometimes the fruit looks like that. <laughs> but you're not there, even if the fruit, you, you changed places. It's like you were in a realm of darkness, now you're in a realm of light. 
And our, that's what our minds need to be renewed to. And that's what the word of forgiveness does. It opens our eyes to see, enter the Holy of Holies. We go to Hebrews 10. It says in verse 17, he says, He then goes on to say, And their sins and their law-breaking I will remember no more. Now where there is absolute remission, forgiveness, and cancellation of the penalty of these sins and law-breaking, there is no longer any offering made to atone for sin. Okay? So there's one offering. If we've received the offering, we're righteous. Then it says, Therefore, brethren, since we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the Holy of Holies by the power and virtue in the blood of Jesus, by this fresh, new, and living way, which he initiated and dedicated and opened for us through the separating curtain, the veil of the Holy of Holies, that is through his flesh. So we have access. So spiritually we're seated here now. But our souls, we need to become aware of Christ crucified. Because it's the door. His body broken, his blood shed. That's why we take communion. <laughs> it's a physical act. We don't have communion today. So I think, I think a little So, um, but the body of Jesus broken is the, is the door for us to enter in. Okay, so this, this area I, I, I titled my standing because of love. Okay, this is what I have um, because I've, I'm loved. There's, I'm not going to read all of the scriptures. Hebrews 10 verse 10 says, um, And in accordance with this will of God, we have been made holy through the offering made once for all of the body of Jesus Christ. Verse 14 says, For by a single offering... He has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. Okay. So it says here you're forever completely cleansed and perfected, but it says you are consecrated and made holy. So um, he's forever washed you. That's the truth of who you are in Christ. When God looks at you, it's what he sees. And now... We're receiving that truth more and more in our souls and in our bodies every day. But it's the truth. If, if you ask God, like, what's the truth? That, that's the truth. It's how he sees you. Holy, pure. Not by your works. Not by anything you've done. Okay. So, the next part I, I called knowing our beloved. Okay. So, let's go to Ephesians 3. Verse 17 to 19. Okay. It says, May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love, and founded securely on love, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth and length and height and depth of it, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, 
which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence, and become a, a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Okay. Imagine that, like your body completely just flooded with the presence of God. Cool. I once heard some people leave more room for God. <laughs> but anyway, um, I thought it was funny. Okay, so this is Paul's prayer. He says, My Christ, through your faith, settle down and abide in your hearts. So um, I, I, he's, he's writing to believers, so they're already born again. But um, he's referring to the manifestation of love, <laughs> the Spirit of God. If we yield to his spirit, his presence manifests. He's everywhere, but when I become aware of, aware, aware of him, his presence is manifested. Okay, And so he says that you may really come to know practically for experience for yourself the love of God. In 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 he says, Eagerly pursue love, follow after love, and eagerly desire to prophesy, I think, whatever. <laughs> uh, he's, at some point, he says, desire spiritual gifts. and At another point, he says, desire to prophesy. But the revelation there is love. Because if I have love, then prophecy flows powerfully. Okay. Psalms 27, verse 4 is where David says, One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek, inquire for, and insistently require, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, in His presence all the days of my life. To behold and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. To gaze upon my beloved. To gaze upon Him. God wants to romance us. You thought you were romantic. <laughs> or not. <laughs> but, but God is romantic. It's romantic. He loves us. He's pursuing, he's pursuing everyone here with His love. In the smallest ways, in the biggest ways. I mean, if you haven't, if there's someone watching and you haven't given your life to Jesus, if you haven't been born again, um, God is calling you. He's pursuing you. So, so even right now, if, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity um, know most of you guys here <laughs> so even on the stream um just pray with me just say jesus come into my life forgive all of my sins wash me clean with your blood give me eternal life fill me with your holy spirit come upon me with your love in jesus name amen Okay, I'm not done yet. It was just an ultra cool moment. So, um, in Matthew, let's read Philippians 3, verse 8. It says that, He is firm, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. 
of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. It's called today's theme, understanding him. Spiritual understanding, heart understanding. For his sake, I have lost everything and consider it all to be mere rubbish in order that you may win Christ. He's, he's referring to his great standing under the law as a Pharisee. <laughs> Lose the condemnation. Lose the... <laughs> I know you can't do it on your own, but this is what God is doing. He's, he's, removing, he's removing condemnation. He's removing... Like he's healing hearts. It's like he's taking self. I always see this picture... Sometimes like self, like he smears self on your heart. So here under room, but like a self on your heart. He's just he's touching you and he's ministering to you right now. In Matthew three, verse sixteen to seventeen. Okay, it says, and when Jesus was baptized. He went up at once out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and John saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, my beloved, in whom I delight. A voice from heaven said. I think in Peter it says like a voice from the majestic glory. I don't know if anyone has ever heard that. I don't know where that scripture is. But it's like, that it, it's speaking about this moment. <laughs> so the love of God. <laughs> the Holy Spirit comes upon him. Okay? And he's, someone explains it like this. He calls it a baptism of love. The Holy Spirit is love. Comes upon him. The Holy Spirit is love and power and everything in, in one. It comes upon him and the Father says, This is my Son my love, my beloved, in whom I delight. Goes into the desert, what's the temptation? If you are the son of God. Not beloved son, son. Turn these stones into bread, do this, do that. So, the area of temptation is, do we know we are loved? (laughs) We are... It says in 1 John somewhere, it says, as he is, in the context of love, I think, as he is, so are we in this world. Because we've received Christ's nature. Like, I've received the nature of Christ. It's like humans have human babies. God has godly babies. So we're sons of God. He's still Lord of glory. But we have his nature. Okay, we're born of the incorruptible seed. So, um, so Jesus receives this baptism and, and he gets, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But then in John 15, verse 9, Jesus makes the following statement. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love. Okay. So that same baptism 
of love that he received, Jesus is declaring, I have loved you in the same way. Jesus received the word from the Father, you are my beloved son, I'm well pleased with you. That means what God declares over you is you are my beloved son or daughter, and I'm well pleased with you. And that is what we can expect when we come to him. Perfect love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Fear is not from God. And we don't, like, imagine all of the lights were off here. We don't get, a, like, a plastic bag and try to get out all of the darkness out. We just switch on the light. In the same way, the way fear leaves is by loving each other, but surrendering to the love of God. Having, a, having the faith. I tell you, this preaching, you're going to start experiencing the love of God because faith comes by hearing. You're, you're becoming aware of God's nature. Okay. So, I'm just going to prophesy over a few people. She'll not walk it. So, Vicky. Okay, cool. I can't say. Okay. Um, thank you, Jesus. Yanni. Um, I really experienced that God is bringing a tremendous peace upon you. It's really like, um, it's one thing to feel peaceful, but a supernatural peace is resting upon you, a peace that, that is um, guarding your heart and your mind. I really see God like um, making your hearing spiritually stronger. But I don't, I don't know if there's maybe a physical thing, but I experience like your hearing it's being, being strengthened, hearing strengthened. Um, you're going to hear God's voice clearly. It's going to lead you and guide you. I, I hear that scripture. It's, it's the scripture in the very front of the Bible. Let me just see it. Psalms 119, verse 105. It says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Dalian, can you imagine my name? Dina. Who's Dina? Family? Some of you have worked. Okay, Dina has And Melissa? Is it? Is it? Yeah, but is it enigmatic connected with the work? What do you I'm just, I'm just stepping out, so I'm learning. Okay, so thank you. God said words of knowledge. So, <laughs> so um, talk on with you, Iman. Like, if someone else, if you really feel on your heart that this might be for me, you can, you can say. Um, yeah, you know, like, what is a kruik in Engels? Like a, a big... Bible bucket. <laughs> Isn't it those things Jesus put the wine in? Well, put the water in and then made it wine. But I see like um, just Jesus taking like that, <laughs> giving you that oil of joy. Really that oil oil of joy. It's like, he loves his strip. So, um, 
I really experienced that. And when I, when I started speaking about Dai Kraik, um, what I experienced was just that women at the feet of Jesus pouring out the perfume. Really like, like such an expression of, of worship. Like I'm thinking of, of Mary and Martha too, like Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus, just loving him, just enjoying his presence. And I really, I pray for you that God will open time for you. Um, between the kids and marriage and everything, that God will create space for you where you, it's just one-on-one, face-to-face encounters with Him. Deep, deep love, real romance, romance. Um, Ilta, cool. Um, I'm gonna keep it in English. I'm gonna try. Um, I, ex- I really experienced this thing that God is romancing you. It's romance. It's divine romance. And um, keep your eyes open. Like, like, go on a date with Jesus or something. <laughs> you know, um, you can even buy him something. I don't know. But, but I really see this intense romance that, he, that he's releasing over you. Amen. Santi. Jij is heilig. Is, is you are set apart. And, and I really experienced that um, this love, this romance thing is for you too. It's like it's going to be a time of seeing the faithfulness of God. It's what I hear. It's like um, a revelation of absolute goodness. Absolute like, wow, my God is good. And, and I just... I just speak the, the love of God over you, that, that you will receive like, I don't know, glory bombs full of love, <laughs> that it will be really um, something powerful that you experience. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Ilza. Anna Ilza. Ah, um... What I'm seeing is penguins, but like I think penguins of Madagascar. But there's this song like I just want to celebrate, yeah, and uh, and I just see that over you that um, celebration. It's your it's like celebration is coming your way. It's really a time of of celebration, celebrating in the presence of God. Yeah, are you trusting? God for a specific healing like in your body physically okay okay um, Philip can you also go stand and um, we're just going to pray for you right now thank you Jesus Father we thank you for Ilza um, thank you for your love for her Lord Lord I thank you that right now you're releasing peace what I experience is like um, it's like pressure in your neck that God is releasing right now. Thank you, Father. It's like a peace that's just flowing right now. Thank you, Father. Living water is just flowing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. No more pain. Thank you for um, just assigning angels of protection over her. But... Anything, anything physical, Lord, we just thank you, God, that those things are sorted right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 
kan jy sy toets vir een verskil, of iets, of is dit iets wat oor tyd gebeur, hoeveel? Ok, heren, dankie dat die sien is gezond word nou, in Jesus naam. Is there anyone else who has any pain in their body? Oh, wow. Well, we're doing our job. <laughs> no, Rona. <laughs> oh, awesome. Janine, you are deeply loved and highly favored. And I pray for a tremendous favor. Like It's like a wave, like a tsunami wave of favor hitting you right now. Thank you, Jesus, even in her job, even in everything she does. In Jesus' name, great, great favor. Thank you, Jesus. Patricia, hello. <laughs> she was doing the camp with us now. And um, Patricia, I see you dancing. Were you on the dance team? Okay, but I, I see you dancing. Uh, maybe it's, it's together with this romance thing where you're just dancing with Jesus, like listening to praise and worship and, and really enjoying, enjoying his presence as you dance, dance with him. Um, invite him into it. I really experience that for you. And I also see you singing. Like when I look at you, I, I'm thinking of like a gospel singer, but, but like just sing and lose yourself in the presence of God. He loves it. He loves it when you sing to him. Thank you, Jesus. Say your name again. Nanazi. Okay. You are happy. It's the word that I receive. Doesn't matter what you feel. This is an identity declaration over you. You are happy. You are filled with joy. Um, I experience God just really being with your family. You have children? If one is is the child well? Well, healthy. What's his name? Kaihle. Hey. Okay, Father, I thank you for her child. <laughs> thank you, God, for your love, Lord. I pray that he will grow up knowing you. He or she? He? He. Yeah. He will grow up knowing you. Um, Father, I just thank you for for your protection. Um, I pray that you will really know God as a father. You will really have that revelation that God is my father. I am his beloved son. And I pray for joy. I see God is giving you joy. Deep joy. Like joy. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Okay. Um, amen. 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 Kinders van die uh, we're going to stop the stream. Thank you for watching. I have announcements. I forgot about the announcements, but I remember it now. Um, next week, I have it on WhatsApp. Then I WhatsApp me. I'm glad I remembered. See, uh, um, okay, so the next week, the 27th, we have a service. So Harrod's back, and we're going to get zapped. And it's going to be powerful <laughs> by the power of God. Okay, it's going to be really awesome. And uh, we are having a New Year's Eve. Is it New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, on the 31st of December, and we're starting at 10 o'clock. Okay. Okay. Lene will send the WhatsApp. 